Well, as you know, we're always looking to try and work out what's going to happen to house prices, and my next guest thinks that they're on the way up. His name is Peter Esho, the founder of Wealthy, a real estate investment platform. Pete, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. What is a real estate investment platform? It sounds great. It is. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, basically, it's a space where you can come in and within 60 seconds, depending on your situation, we build a plan for you, a real estate investment plan, and then we find properties that would meet that plan and that plan's objectives. So does someone sort of basically answer a whole bunch of survey questions? Yeah. And, and then through either you working very fast or AI, yep. artificial intelligence, out comes some kind of... Uh, plan pretty much and the reason why we built that is because in the same way that when you invest in stocks or funds you sit down and you plan yeah. you have a strategy most people get into real estate investment without really understanding what their objectives are yeah. they listen to their uncle at a family barbecue or their next-door neighbor or they might see a glossy brochure yeah. but without that plan you don't know where you're going and that's where we start. largely emotionally driven and what you're trying to do is put some structure into what, what they really should be looking for exactly okay right now, you've, you've come out, um, uh, you've been in the, the finance industry for a long time. You used to interview on my old uh, Sky Business program yep. many years ago. Um, so, Pete, you think house prices are more likely to go up than down from here or 2020 versus 2021? I think the, the, the main thing we're looking at is not necessarily demand but supply. Right. As you drive around metro cities, you see less cranes in the sky. Yeah. And if you have a look at the data coming out, month to month, building approvals are falling at a very steep rate. Mm. And so what we're saying is you have record low rates, you've got all this money being flushed into the system, yep. you have asset prices rising, we see that in the stock market every day, mm. and you also have a situation where it's becoming a lot more expensive to build new homes. Yep and harder yep. and so that combined over the next couple of years is not only we think going to provide a floor on metro prices but also provide upward pressure okay let's run, run through a few things that some of my more negative uh, viewers will be watching and there's plenty of negative there's no shortage of them on youtube <laughs> i see their comments yeah <laughs> all right so pete um Less immigration, mm. what's that do to house prices? It, it's definitely a demand factor mm. that's not there. Um, and so you have to take that out of the demand equation. Mm. So 100% agree mm. that that's not there. Mm. However, immigration impacts the property market in certain ways over the short term. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody migrating here and those mm. two or three, 300,000 mm. immigrants goes and buys a house. Mm. Okay, um, foreign students. Once again, it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? Big drain. Yeah. Um, so what we're seeing in the metro market on the rental side mm. um, is that there are a, a lot of vacancies, uh, particularly in inner city metro apartments. Yeah. The vacancy rate has shot up. Mm. No doubt that that's putting pressure on landlords. However, interest rates have also collapsed. Mm. So while you were paying 4 or 5% to service a loan a few years ago, now that's down to 2 2.5%. Yeah. So there's an offsetting factor mm. Uh, for the landlords, but yeah. you still need to find a tenant mm. and the tenants that you're finding are paying less than what they were. Yeah. Any evidence that some landlords are basically saying, that's it, I'm going to sell and first-hand buyers are coming along and buying it. I reckon it's probably happening in Brisbane because mm. the price points for one-bedroom apartments in Brisbane are that sort of 400000 500000 mark. So some first-hand buyers are probably getting bargains from inv investors leaving the market. But any other evidence of that, Pete? 
So I think the biggest distortion in the market has been banks willing to offer repayment holidays yeah. because a lot of landlords that were stressed straight away called their bank and said, give me the six months. Yeah. I think what we'll see is over the next six to 12 months as that phases out, you'll start to see who's really distressed, mm. who can't hang on yeah. and who's okay, who's managed to figure it out and reposition their portfolio. Okay. Um, the Airbnb effect as well. So linked to what you were saying before, because there are less tourists here as well, mm. a lot of those apartments that used to be Airbnb properties, a lot of landlords are putting them on the long-term market, which I, I presume is bringing rents down. Then when you go to auction, an investor would probably pay less. Is that fair logic? It's not a space that I look at a lot. Yeah. It's a space that's had a lot of headlines yeah. and there's no shortage of people coming out and saying, oh, the Airbnb thing's over, yeah. watch property prices collapse. Yeah. However, you have to keep in mind that, you know, throughout the cycle, Sydney, Melbourne, and even Brisbane to a lesser extent, hit levels where rental demand is so strong and you start seeing those queues, you know, people lining up to rent. Yeah. We're at the opposite end of that, but when supply contracts, and there isn't much more supply coming into the market, it might take a year or two for that Airbnb. You know, someone who was getting $1,000 a week is now down to 500, but there still is that core demand and less supply. Yeah, and I, and I guess we can't work out, say for example, let's take Queensland for example, the Queensland country people who might come to Brisbane or Gold Coast for a holiday, who then take up those Airbnb properties that once upon a time were taken by foreigners, mm. but are now being taken by locals. Similarly, you know, a, a, a person from Dubbo might come to Sydney, ho hopefully one day to see football, and stay <laughs> in a, an Airbnb property that used to be occupied by a foreign tourist. Yeah, absolutely. And I think context is very important, Peter. So while there are, I'm not saying that there aren't areas of vulnerability, there mm. is a lot of vulnerability in housing. But if you have a look at the amount of property that is on short-term rental, yeah. relative to the overall pie, mm. it isn't significant enough to offset what's happening in the supply side. Okay, so you, you, your argument basically is the supply side is gonna, in a sense, put a floor under prices. Yep. And so are you expecting to see rises this year or more like stability this year and then rises next year? So ever since the government announced the home builder package, yep. um, I've been shocked by how much um, developers, real estate developers have reacted in terms of their pricing. Yep. You know, three or six months ago, there were a lot of desperate developers in the market yep. doing unbelievable deals. In the space of two or three weeks, the amount of land available for sale from developers got soaked up. Mm. A lot of the developers that had excess supply are working through that supply. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is developers becoming less desperate. Mm. It's harder for them to get new projects out of the ground. It's harder, they don't have as much supply coming. And so the supply that they have, they're starting to reprice that, take incentives away. Yeah. And to me, that's a very important forward indicator. Do you also, have you seen evidence that some developers have just added on the the benefit of the home yep. builder under the price? Straight away, overnight. Mm. They said um, there were incentives in the market. They pulled them and said, we don't need to provide that incentive because the government's now providing it. Okay. So let's give, give me a summary of what you think is going to happen in the, are we talking how the housing market or housing and apartment market for investors or for um, 
principal property owners? So I'm talking more Sydney and Melbourne Metro. Yeah. Um, investor or principal or both? So I think the investor market is, it will go through a difficult patch mm. um, where you'll have two types of investors. You'll have the investor that sees blood uh, in the market yeah. and is licking their lips and saying two, two and a half percent interest rates, yeah. I'm in, right? I want to get in and this is a great opportunity. Mm. Owner occupiers are a little bit different. It's a different. It's more emotion. Mm. Um, but I think if you have a look at the supply that's been coming on recently, it has been very much apartment driven. Mm. And to put on to, to to put together an apartment project, two three hundred units, you need to be able to borrow as a developer. And credit markets to developers and to institutions have been disrupted. Yeah. So it's very hard to get that term facility at a rate you need it to make your project stack up. Mm. So they're just pushing that, okay. pushing that out. And what about the impact of structural problems with apartment blocks and cladding? How does that sort of cloud the whole story as well, Pete? Again, context. Mm. Um, everybody was talking about Opal Towers last year. Yeah. Um, everybody was towers. talking about Mascot. And there were a handful of really, really bad examples. In context, we built hundreds of thousands of apartments over the past 10 years. Um, and so those issues in the, the overall context... We being Australians rather than you and, and Tim Gurner. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Gurner actually builds beautiful product. Yeah. And there are so many people. It's like pointing to a handful of stocks that have blown up, yeah. saying Virgin has blown up. Mm. You know, so, so let's not buy ASX 200 stock because Virgin went into administration. Dick yeah. Smith went into administration. They are bad. It was very bad what was happening. Mm. Um, and the anecdotes we used to hear about you know, concrete not being poured right, density being wrong, that's very bad. However, in the overall context, it wasn't systemic. Uh, that the, the headlines of this is systemic have been proven to, to be incorrect. Mm. And you just have to look at what's happened over the past year. The New South Wales government is very, very proactive. They've brought in new regulation and that's making it harder for developers now. They have to build better, they have to disclose more information and it's costing them a lot more money to fund. And if that's right, that puts upward pressure on price, not downward pressure. Absolutely. All right, Pete, well, I hope you're right and I hope Fitch is wrong. They've been tipping that prices will stabilize mm. um, and then uh, the Australian outlook is now, first they say a five or ten percent fall and then we stabilize in 2020 but debt rating agencies aren't always right well I remember when the pandemic hit I, I was listening to you and mm. Alan Jones on, on breakfast radio yeah. and you were saying don't look at the price today think about the price in the future and think about the long term. Yeah. And unfortunately, commentary around real estate prices is what happens over the next month, three months, six months, 12 months. Mm. If you have a look at it over the overall context, and George is actually going out to market and saying we will lend up to 85% without loan mortgage insurance or $1 loan mm. mortgage insurance. Mm. So when the credit assessors at a big top four bank are taking on board more risk, they're obviously playing a long-term view of the market. Mm. The counter argument is that they're mispricing it, it's all going to blow up, maybe. But if you have a look at what's happened, uh, real estate prices have continued to tick up. Credit rating agencies, I used to work for one, mm. I used to work at Morningstar for six years, mm. um, and they have a culture of hedging their bet. Yeah. You know, you come out and you say, this is my base case, but this could happen, or that could happen, just to have something to point to. Mm. Good stuff. Pete, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's Peter Escher from the real estate investment platform called Wealthy. Well, it's always good to catch up with Greville Paps, who's the founder and CEO of Greville Paps Property and one of the Blocks Property Advisors. Greville, great to see you, mate. 
G'day, Peter. How are you? Very good. Now, in particular, I wanted to catch up with you because you are Victorian-based and poor old Victoria has had to go into lockdown again. Um, what do you think this will do um, to the local Melbourne real estate market, this lockdown? Oh, look, without doubt, it's, it's a setback um, for the Victorian market. Um, the fact that, you know, we can only, agents now can only conduct business by, you know, private treaty and having one person go in and, you know, all, all the auctions have to be online. So it, it, it's problematic with, you know, you're open for inspections and everything else. But, you know, we'll still get business done. Mm. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm noticing in, in particular is that, you know, buyers are, are retreating. Buyers are becoming, you know, more discerning. Um, any negotiations that I'm involved in seems to be they're, they're, they're protracted. Um, and, and since this latest lockdown, what the vendors are doing is, you know, they're withdrawing their property mm. from market from from the market, which is a, a natural reaction um, when you have this, you know, lack of confidence and uncertainty in the market. I had a I had a buyer yesterday, the day before yesterday, and we had been negotiating with the vendor on terms for a couple of months. As I said, it was a attractive negotiation. Um, he rang me, the buyer rang me yesterday and said, Greville, I'm sorry, um, I've had a sleepless night. I'm concerned about stage four restrictions. Um, you know, I'm going to withdraw. Um, and, and, and this is what I'm seeing more and more often, uh, buyers retreating, sellers retreating. But what I'm not seeing is I'm, I'm not seeing um, wholesale falls in value. <coughs> Um, I'm not seeing distress um, yet um, in the marketplace. Um, but I'm just I'm just seeing this uh, this game where the buyers and sellers are just holding off. Yeah. So could it be then uh, that buyer was that buyer potentially worried about his job or her business? What was what do you think made him think well? Lockdown means I'll cut my price by 10%. Yeah, what? yeah. This, this this buyer, we we discussed this very question the day before yesterday, and yep. uh, and he said that even though he was in an industry whereby, um, you know, he he was virtually guaranteed his income, what he what he was concerned about is that he what he can't control, and that is what are. What are his customers and suppliers, and what are they? What? How is it going to affect them? And and therefore, you know, looking into the future, he was just concerned about his mm. cash flow, whether or not he could afford to borrow the amount of money that he was, and the ability to repay it. So it was that uncertainty around cash cash flow, Peter. Yeah. So if, for example, Victoria gets out of this in say four weeks' time, is I think the the, the initial um, lockdown period was six weeks. Would you expect there still to be a slow comeback in confidence because of this six-week lockdown? Look, the, the, the one thing about all of this is that I've been in this business now for 35 years. This is the lowest, um, tightest level of stock that I have ever seen in 35 years. Mm. There is nothing available for sale. When, when I say that, I'm talking about established housing. Um, and so... 
That is what drives property. There's a couple of things that drive it. One is confidence. Uh, the, the other thing is, is, is supply, mm. stock. And, um, and we, we have very low levels of stock. So when we came out of the last lockdown, we saw a surge. People, people started going out and buying it and it was really coming back quite quickly here in Victoria. Um, so I expect the same thing is going to, going to happen. Um, look, the, the big caveat on all of this is going to be, of course, unemployment. Um, and, 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 and I expect that perhaps there's going to be some distress um, amongst those, those particular sectors that have been affected. But the general, the majority of the market, you know, it, it is still quite solid. There's, of course, some outliers. Like, you know, we all read in the paper about the off the plan and, 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 and the new high-rise apartments, and that, that is a very problematic area, and I'm seeing that in our valuation business. In fact, you know, we're, we're from off the plan sale to uh, valuation, you know, we're seeing falls of, in some cases, up to 20, 25% Gee. difference between contract price and valuation at settlement. So that's a big concern. Um, and the other concern is, you know, that one of the other areas is, is, is the investor market. Investors have retreated from this market. Um, we, we saw investors play in, in Melbourne up to you know about 42 43% of the market I, I would guess right now that investors represent probably less than 20% um, of our property market um, and and there's some red flags there for for people investors right now in that I'm seeing rents fall uh, I'm, I'm seeing uh, people that, ha that 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 have leases coming up for renewal or vacancies they're seeing is that the, the rentals are coming off 20, 20%, 20%, 25% minimum um, to investors. And, and if it becomes vacant, dare I say, um, you, you know, there's a very, quite a lengthy letting up period. You know, properties can stay vacant for three or four months because all of the short-term stay rentals have moved into to our rental market as well. The, mm. You know, the Airbnb, Airbnb sort of stock um, are all moving towards permanent rentals now, and it's just flooded the market. So that, mm. that's a big, a big red flag. Okay. So um, how does that translate to price then? So if if you had like a, an apartment in a place, you know, like uh, South Melbourne, Port, Port Melbourne, or something like that, and it was you know a, a two bedroom place going for about eight hundred thousand, if that's a, a fair fair call, what would it be selling for now? Well, look, a couple of examples. I've had, a, had a, an apartment that in, in Docklands that we uh, that was sold off the plan for seven fifty. Um, it's just resold yeah. um, only five years later for five fifty. Mm. So that sector it's of the market is is, mm. is a massive drop. Um, but but look, in the established inner city areas of Melbourne, um, you know, because of the the, the shortage of of stock. Um, yeah, the, 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 you know, it, it, it's going to recover quicker, yeah. uh, and we're not going to see the same levels of, of, of price. But we, we, we just don't have the, the supply of, of stock in those inner areas. The, inter the other interesting thing, Peter, that I've, I've, I've found, I've got a, another client who's looking to buy a, um, on the Mornington Peninsula, and, and I went down there last week for a drive, expecting to see the sale boards everywhere. Yeah. It's not. Um, because, you know, it, it's, and, and that was one of the things I predicted. I thought, yeah. well, you know, the discretionary income, that's the thing that's going to be affected. And 
I, uh, I was surprised of the lack of property that was for sale, um, holiday homes, um, that, that sort of thing. It was nothing on the market. And I spoke to one of one of my colleagues down on the Mornington Peninsula has been in the market for 40 years. He said it's the lowest level of stock he's ever seen in his life. And he said that their people are just battening, battening down in their holiday homes. And and I, and I think rather than sell, they're passing it, these homes down to their children. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I think this is one of the trends that's going to emerge in our, in our market over the post-COVID mm. is that lifestyle properties, um, hobby farms, are going to become, you know, the, the new the, the new premium thing. I mm. mean, people, people. I, I think we're going to see really good solid price growth in that type of property, um, and, and people's their whole attitude is 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 going to change around those types mm. of lifestyle assets. Yeah, I I spent Christmas at Mount Martha for the first time in my life, and. I've been watching real estate there ever since. It's such a great uh, holiday. And there's not much on anything there is. They're not cutting their prices. So I think you're absolutely right. Before we finish up, Fitch, the uh, debt rating agency, has come out with a report. And you know, you'd have to say they've got a negative view on Aust Australian house prices. Um, but it's not serious. They think that for the rest of the year, house prices fall between 5 and 10% and then stabilise in 2021, despite the fact they think unemployment will remain high. What's your view on that? Well, Peter, that's probably the most sensible prediction I've, I've heard, and, and I'm surprised it's made the media because, you know, mm. there's been so many predictions um, just to get the headline saying property prices are going to fall 20%. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they've got airtime. I concur with, with, with that prediction, you know, exactly. Like five to ten percent is what I'm actually seeing. I can only comment on what I'm seeing on the ground. I, I don't listen to crystal ball gazers generally, and because you know what, I've been as I said in this market for 30 years, Peter. If I don't know, nobody knows. Mm. Right? I'm going to be the first one to hear about this. So, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. But, but what? But five to ten percent seems very reasonable to me, and, and it's consistent with what I'm seeing right now. Okay. Well, it's good to know that my expert in the market will admit he knows nothing. That's 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 really good. Thanks very much, Greville. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Talk to you in a month's time or so. All right, each week we like to talk to someone who's at the coalface. One guy who's definitely at the coalface is Charles Tarby, the founder of Century 21. His organisation obviously goes right across the whole country to see. So for us to see what's going on, he's the right person to talk to. Charles, good to see you. Thank you. So you're telling me the numbers have come in, and I guess most people think that, gee, Victoria must be yeah. starting to feel the yeah. pinch. Yeah. Is that the case? Well, Victoria's actually doing better in terms of uh, rental. Mm. Uh, return than New South Wales is, Gee. strangely enough. And I look at the numbers that I, I, I've got this chart that I keep and I match it back to 2015, so I try and keep five years yes. uh, distance at all time. And uh, and so, not 1.5 distance, just five, yeah. Yeah, you know, anyway, you know yeah right. I get you. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, the the numbers in Sydney are, are quite interesting. The, the rent uh, number has dropped. That was dropping yeah. from 2000, so actually from 2015 today, the rents are down 12.41%, yeah. while Victoria's up just over oh, 5%. Hang on, hang on. Let me get this clear in my mind. 
Compared to 2015, mm. the number is actually 12% below the 2015 correct. number yeah, in Sydney. That's correct. Now, why is that, do you think? I think because there's also been an influx. Uh, the strange thing has happened with uh, the, the, the current situation we're in, Airbnb mm. as an example. Yeah. Uh, th there are a lot of uh, people who had Airbnb properties that, that reacted very quickly to uh, the downturn yeah. uh, and uh, I mean we, we, we have a spike right now in accommodation but mm. going back four, five, six weeks even more and so the real estate agents picked up a significant amount of property mm. uh, off people who are Airbnb so all yeah. of a sudden these people thought you know what in this time of uncertainty and there still is uncertainty yeah. uh, these people have now decided that they're better off getting a full-time tenant in there than, than having issues related to uh, what you might see with an Airbnb situation. Right, so, so if the rent was at, was say, $300 beforehand, yeah. people are actually discounting it Correct. down yeah, because to make sure they can get a tenant in Correct. it ASAP. Yeah, and I think that, I think that impacts on, on the uh, decrease in return as well. I don't mm. think it's just the residential rental market declining. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think also there's a lot of buyers out there now, and uh, you look at the government grants are on offer. Yeah. I was talking to one of our chaps in South Australia. He has an office in Salisbury in the Elizabeth uh, area, mm. Mm. And he literally controls uh, uh, most of the subdivisions there. Yeah. And last month, because of the, the government guarantee... The home builders Home well. builders, yes. Yeah. Uh, they uh, uh, sold, or they signed up, just over 130 contracts in the space of four weeks. Mm. Uh, Greg Nibo from, from C21 in Salisbury. And that is a massive, massive jump mm. in terms but see this is what's happening so mm. a lot of these people it's a real structural change in the mm, market yeah so you'll get it you'll get a whole bunch of tenants moving out now yeah. and buying property and we see that quite a lot charles you made the point that the airbnb effect has been happening over the last five or six weeks mm. but you you actually are in the hospitality am, industry yeah, yourself well, yes, you have a yeah. golf course down the the, the the south coast region kangaroo valley, yeah. valley. Um, and and that's now packed it's packed because it's, uh, the golf course for me is, I mean, I don't know much about golf courses uh, in terms of the structure, mm. but uh, it's an accommodation business because yeah. I've, I've built villas down there and, mm. and uh, there's some 60 villas down there now. Uh, some privately owned and, and, and owned by my company mm. uh, and they're full as. Every, yeah. every time I look at this, the accommodation mm. screen, I've never seen it so full mm. other than maybe Christmas time. Yeah. And, uh, and on the Saturday just gone, well, of the 40 carts we have on the property, yeah. 35 had gone out by 10 o'clock. Uh, so, yes, golf yeah. carts. So you know, yeah. there's a lot of people who just, uh, and it's, uh, it's wonderful because mm. I mean, we've had five months of absolute horror. Yeah. So, so I guess the, the, the interesting thing is that's a tourist area mm. and the Airbnb business or the hospitality business is coming back. And I'm seeing evidence like in the Blue Mountains, we're seeing Airbnb coming back. What about in the cities where a lot of the stuff here mm. in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane would have been for foreign tourists that's who correct. can't come in? That's correct. Are we seeing, and you might not have the information on this, but are we seeing, I would have thought there were going to be a lot of country people who will want to come to the city yeah. for holidays. Well, yeah. And they'll look at Airbnb. So Airbnb might only be a, a temporary effect? It might only be a temporary effect. Uh, but you know, you, you, there are a lot of people from overseas yeah. that do utilise that service. So yeah. we can't discount that. That yeah. is going to have a long-term impact, I believe, on yeah. that Airbnb situation. And therefore the supply of rental of, of, of properties in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, mm. therefore you think rents are going to be 
suppressed, making it harder for investors in the short term to get Correct. great returns. Well, well, you know what's saving investors, and you and I know that the interest rates, we've been around long enough to know yeah. that the rates have never been where they are. So mm. if an investor hasn't uh, given themselves that buffer zone, then they've been given the wrong advice. Mm. You know, we all always tell our investors, you know, that what you, can you afford and then look at what you can't afford if you have to, uh, if you don't get a tenant in there for three months or four months yeah. or five months. Uh, but I really do think that what we're seeing right now is everybody in Australia is able to travel or New South Wales, they're going to places that they never used to go. Yeah. So we're going to have that spike. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an amazing thing when you look at the fact that our own tourism is busy because of us here in Australia. I think yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. The amount of time I've spent travelling around the world with business and whatever, and you, you go to all these different places, and they're all wonderful, but you always feel so happy when you come back to Australia. Yeah. Something about it. Now, Charles, let's focus on Victoria because mm -hmm. Victoria has had a lockdown imposed over yeah. the last two weeks. Have we seen, for example, last weekend's um, sh you know, sh people showing up to yeah, look at yeah. open houses and auctions. Look, Has there been an effect already? No, they're going okay because they're, most of them had adapted. They'd already adapted to the change mm. in the last uh, lockdown. Mm. And so many of them are, were set up to do their online auctions and they're still doing that. Yeah. There, there was It was 62% clearance rates, just the same as Sydney. Well, well, so in the Melbourne they did, on, they did online auctions? Yeah, on they're the doing online as well as on-site uh, on and, and there was a 62% clearance rate which was equivalent to what Sydney was. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they're adjusted. One of the things that they're finding difficult when I talk to the agencies, that ability to get around and speak to people and, and go and do a listing presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, to, the the uh, CoreLogic information that came in t this morning to me told me that uh, the number of, of market opinions that my organisation has had has in the last month increased by 12.9%. So there's a significant number of, of vendors who are now coming to talk about selling their property. Yeah. So I think what happens in Victoria, you get locked down, you just feel that sense that you can't move around. Mm. Uh, when we were locked down in New Zealand, it was a full lockdown. Wherever you were at the time of the lockdown, you stayed mm. for that period of time. Mm. So those guys couldn't do anything. And even after they were locked down, for two weeks after, they weren't allowed to settle any properties. Mm. So it was a, a significant shutdown. Well, I think Victoria's, uh, the, the agents are accustomed to it, through, whether it's through uh, Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever they're doing, uh, they're still communicating. Got to talk to the, the controversial calls that were made earlier that you know, house prices could fall by 30%. Yeah, well, we, we what do you think, that? Charles? Well, is, we is spoke that, about that. Yeah. And we, well, I, I, I is just, it less likely or does the Victorian thing make you worry that no, it could happen? I, I think it's highly likely if the US and China economies crash, it's highly likely. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we as an economy still depend on, on those yeah. uh, people. Now, um, if I look, when they said 33%, I said, why are they, where do they come up with this figure? Yeah. Because I knew there'd be a decline. I, I knew there would be a, a, like a massive fall into a hole because we, we spoke about it, people sitting on the fence and you know the old saying, you sit on the fence too long, you get splinters in yeah. your bum, right? Mm -hmm. Well, well it, it, it happened. And then all of a sudden when the, when the change occurred, so hey, you, you can come out and stick your head out the door for a little while mm -hmm. now, it went straight back up. And so we said to the agents, just do yourselves a favour, keep in touch with your buyers and sellers, they won't disappear. And, well, what you see in, in May and June results and also halfway through July, mm. the transactions have gone crazy and the stock levels are low. So how does, a, how does a price crash occur when there are more buyers than there are sellers, when interest rates are so low and the banks are giving you advantage, where if you don't have to sell, you won't sell? Where's the crash? Okay, I, yeah, okay. that's good, I good analysis. Good analysis. Okay, here's my final question to you. 
if there's someone out there who's in the buying in the market to buy a house mm. and the the banks will lend them money so they've got a reasonably safe job would you be looking to buy now or would you be waiting for spring yeah, when, yeah. when the, the supply always increases? It, it's supposed to increase. Yeah. I think that I don't think they'll, that will occur. I think there'll be a significant amount of buyer inquiry for a very long period of time. Hmm. So uh, I think that, that uh, I spoke to one of my team yesterday who said I saw a property on the weekend as an investment. I rang up the agent to put in an offer. It's already sold. Hmm. Uh, I think that's still the case and I hmm. think that will continue. The only thing that I'm watching right now is because some of the banks say ANZ and announced that uh, instead of having a debt-to-income uh, ratio of nine, they've now reduced that down to seven. Mm. So the capacity or ability for people to borrow is going to change. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing because yeah. I think if interest rates are, are low now and they, they, we could see them start to climb, mm. you only need to go from 3% to 5% and the it's increase is massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. All right, Charles. Great to see you. Thank you. And that's Charles Tarby, the founder of Century 21, which nowadays is called C21.